Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. okay, women are doing more of the work. We're taking on more of the mental load, but I am hearing so many men in the sessions I'm having here in in Munich, where we live in Germany say, I don't necessarily want it to be this way. I just don't, I don't know how to help. I don't know what you, you just tell me like, can you just help out? Can you do more? I need you to do more. And I've just been at work or you've been at work too and do more. What does that mean? You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 210, talking to Katie Russler about how to make a more equal partnership. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to this Mindful Mama podcast episode, my friend. I am so glad that you are here. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Katie Russler, who is a wife, mom to two girls, and licensed couples counselor. And she helps couples build healthier relationships after kids. So this is going to be a great conversation. If you listen to my episode with Darcy Lockerman. This is kind of like part two to this conversation. We'd really talk about how to have these discussions with our partners, how, what to do next, right? When we just really realize that things aren't, you know, maybe we're falling into old gender stereotypical patterns after our children are born. And, but the problem with that, right, is that it leads to that stay at home parent or most usually mom, right, to feel burnt out and overwhelmed. And Katie's going to help us with that. So I want you to listen for some important takeaways. One, we fall into old patterns because we are not questioning them. And I think this episode will help you do that. Also, how to talk to your partner when you want to change things. So this is really a very valuable, useful how-to kind of episode. And then number three, I want you to think about writing down exactly what it is you need help with. So we really get into the nitty-gritty here, and I think you're going to find this incredibly valuable, as I did. 
Before we dive in, I want to let you know that there's a couple important things coming up. I still have space in the Mindful Mama Spring Retreat. I would love for you to join me on March 21st in Philadelphia. And it's so cool. People are flying in from, uh, from Seattle and from Illinois. And it is a day-long retreat where we are going to be doing some meditation, some gentle yoga with my favorite yoga teacher and working on communication skills and really just diving deep and giving yourself a day to also have a sense of deep rest and deep community. This piece about connecting with other moms who are going through what you're going through, it feels so good to have this deep connection and to have this really real sense in the body that you are not alone. So I invite you to get one of the last uh, spots in the retreat. It's going to be an amazing day. I promise you'll remember it forever. And I will be happy to say hello and we will have a hug in person. It'll be so nice. So that's at mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. And also happening right very soon is the Unmartyr Yourself training. So that is if you are somewhere in the world where you can't make it to the retreat, anyone can join the online Unmartyr Yourself training. And it goes really well along with what we're talking about today with Katie. And we talk even a little more about how to talk to our partners um, as well as other things. And I kind of walk you through step by step some challenges to help you take some positive steps to get out of that crazy detrimental mommy martyr mindset. So you can join that at mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. That's U-N-M-A-R-T-Y-R. Kind of a funky spelling, I know. U-N-M-A-R-T-Y-R. So I hope I will see you there. And now on to this episode. Katie, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you, Hunter. I am super excited about this. I am so excited about this too. Um, and you reached out to me after the wonderful episode about equality at home with Darcy Lockerman, which I should have looked up the number before I mentioned that. Sorry, dear listener. Uh, but I am so excited for to talk to you and continue this conversation in a much more nuanced and varied way. And I'm really so excited about that. And you are, you and I are going to talk about how to have these difficult conversations, which is, this is what I like this, how to, right? Like we know we want more equality at home. How do right. we get into these conversations? But before we dive into that, I'm just kind of curious for you, how, how did you become fascinated with this idea? I mean, I, sometimes I think back to like kind of my own childhood and I think like, how did I become a feminist? Like my father, you know, my mom does all the stuff. Like how did they raise me to be sort of this uppity feminist? Like, I don't understand that, how that happened. So just for you, how, how did you become interested in this whole idea? Well, so first I'm a, a licensed professional counselor. So I do couples therapy um, for over 10 years now. And I had started um, prior even to that, always being that feminist mindset. And I had a dad who was very empowering of like, you should be an engineer, get in the math world. Like it, that was his mindset of like, this is where the opportunities are for women and you could be on the cutting edge. And then I had a mom who was a stay-at-home mom um, we were a military family and she was very um, nurturing and empowering as well. Like one of my biggest cheerleaders and she was the same mindset. You can do whatever you want. It didn't need it to be math or technology, but like you can do whatever you want mm. and you can be whatever you want. So I like to think of it not so much as that I became sort of this, this feminist because I had a four and a half year younger brother, but we became in a sense, I call it, I like to call it genderist. Like, we can do what we want. We all have choices. We all matter. And that not one is necessarily stronger than the other. Um, I've since learned that here in Europe, the term feminist means genderist as well as I would say. But growing up in North America, I think when we say feminist, we tend to think women's rights and not the equal rights of both sides, um, no matter what their um, sexual preferences, what their culture is, what their, you know, those types of things. Um, hmm. So that's something that I, uh, I grew up seeing a, a dad who 
on the weekends was helping out in the house. Um, and I saw a mom who would do some of the things to, uh, maybe traditionally a man might do. Like there was just this comfortability and fluidity um, that helped me see it doesn't have to look one way. Mm, yeah. And from that, um, so my bachelor's is in psychology with a certificate in women's studies because I wanted to start to really explore um, the feminist movement. Like at that time, I was like, yes, and see why traditional roles occurred. What what was going on? What was the thinking historically? Um, why were women fighting the way they were for their rights? Like you, you know, you come into this world and you kind of go yeah. like, what? Like. I, you know, we only get the tip of the iceberg. Where's the bot? Like what's been going on? Yeah. Why, why is it like this? I, yeah, I exactly. remember thinking that like, I, I you know, looking at uh, growing up as a kid in the eighties, like looking around at all the, I feel like that in the eighties, there were so many, like there are all these like videos of like women in bikinis on the, on cars. And there was just so many images of like tan women in string bikinis on cars, like everywhere. And just wondering like, why? Like, what? right. Yes. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Yeah. So, so it's kind of this like exploring your own culture, exploring why things are the way they are. And then when I became um, a marriage and family therapist and really focused on couples, I got to see firsthand kind of why those things were happening. And it, I learned it largely was because the, the quote, right conversations weren't happening. People were falling into old patterns that they grew up with because those, that couple didn't question it because that's what they grew up with. And there wasn't this, um, hey, you know, okay, women are do doing more of the work. We're taking on more of the and, But I, I'm load. seeing that now, which but, is a big reason uh, why as I, I shared with you, you prior to this, love this episode. But I think there's I am a whole, hearing so many men. There's a 2.0 the now. I'm having this conversation in, in which Munich, is, where we live in Germany, say, I don't necessarily want it to be this way. I just don't I don't know how to help. I don't know what you, you just tell me like, can you just help out? Can you do more? I need you to do more. And I've just been at work or you've been at work too and do more. What does that mean? I don't, I'm, I'm not trained to already see the, the projects or know necessarily what needs to get done. I guess so. Yeah. And then women, like we feel like, you know, you're exhausted. You just want help. And, and you also don't want to have to like explain it like come on you know that's like right. other like being the ceo of the house is like a whole other job yeah totally i like to call it chief household officer so as and i believe that we we should share that job um it's not that it has to be equal but a discussion needs to be to happen about what that workload will look like what areas will be shared and I break up a chief household officer into like the leader side and the manager side. And the leader is like, think of it like the planner of, you know, what are, what's our week going to look like? Our, the meal plan. So anything that's like proactively setting the tone for the family to be successful in that day, the week, month, year. And then the manager, which is sometimes us as well, ends up doing the, doing it and going, Hey, that actually, that plan didn't work out. You know, like I know we plan for that, but that's not realistic with three kids. <laughs> so mm -hmm. let's, let's change this up. So we have two sides to this job. And I believe if we come together with our partners, if, if we are fortunate enough to have our partners living at home with us and have a healthy relationship that we can say, let's do this together. And maybe if you're in a situation, let's say your husband works full time and maybe you as the mom work full time as well. Let's mm -hmm. do that dynamic. Then who, like here, you you typically, instead of driving a car, you take an S-Bahn or a train. Mm -hmm. So that is potentially 30 minutes to be on your computer and meal plan for the week. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and either of you can do that. It doesn't mean one has to do it because she, or typically she is the woman or the one who typically cooks. The person who leads by creating the plan doesn't have to necessarily cook but maybe really good at organizing, strategizing those types of things. So looking at our strengths and then negotiating the things we don't enjoy doing, I think is mm. important. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so kind of what I'm hearing from you is that the, the, we have to take time to step out of the day-to-day, -day, like just get it all done to, to step back and kind of work 
on our marriage, work on our partnership and yeah. be strategic about it. And I love this idea of looking at our strengths and seeing what we like to do and things like that. I, I imagine that ideally these are conversations that we might all happen have before we have kids, right? Like kind of ideally these might these conversations that have happened before you have kids. I would say yes, but it's it's theory versus practice. Sometimes we we go, okay, this is the plan. I always think of it like a, a birth plan, like this is how, you know, I want to have it go. And then when you're there, you're like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> you know, like maybe we so it's it's talking about it before children and then regularly going, is this working? How do we adapt? I like to think of it like your home's a business kind of running it. You don't talk to each other necessarily like, you know, your business Mm -hmm. partners, but like, is this, does that system work? Where are we putting the mail? Why are we putting it there? How do we make sure it doesn't stay there? Mm -hmm. Like looking at that kind of thing. Um, Bedtime routine. How's that working out? You know, and, but revisiting who does what and why, not that it just falls on someone's shoulders because we didn't talk about it. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So let's imagine that the listener uh, has kind of just had a baby. You're like, uh, you know, you're six weeks to a year postpartum and you're, you're realizing, you know, whether you're the father or the mother, you know, you're realizing, oh my goodness, we didn't have these conversations mm-hmm. and we are kind of just falling back into these gendered patterns of the roles. Um, what, how do you suggest we start having these conversations? How do, how do we open these conversations? What kind of intention do we want to go into them with? And what are some things that we should be should be discussing that we don't realize? Mm-hmm. So I was there five years ago, mm-hmm. a five and a half year old and a three year old, and and that's completely what happened to us. I said, okay, I, I um, left my pri- private practice to be a stay at home mom, and I said, okay. I'm going to do this. My mom did it. This is what I'm going to do. And um, I, I didn't realize the job I was signing up for. You know, like I didn't <laughs> understand what all it would mean because you can't, you can't till you're there. And so it, it was a lot of tears. It was a lot of arguing because I did not how, know how to voice it without it coming across like, 
you don't do enough, you don't care. And what man, what husband wants to hear that they are not like providing or helping or like, what do you need me to do? And so what ends up happening is it becomes this emotional battle. So I think the key thing um, is for, and, and this could be reversed because I've worked with stay-at-home dads and they have the same struggles. Like you don't help out and you come home and you just want to relax because you've been at work all day. And I'm like, I've heard this before and I've felt it before, <laughs> but sit down and write down what it is exactly you need help with. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. This episode is sponsored by Care Of. It is a very cool wellness brand. It really makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best and supports you long term. Uh, so what's really exciting about care.com is that I went and took their amazing online quiz and it's this short online quiz and you answer some questions about your diet, health goals, lifestyle, etc. And what was interesting for me as I did this was that it discerned that where I live, where I'm not getting enough vitamin D and care of, it recommended the vitamins that I had already figured out that I really need through lots of like hard work to figure this out. I had figured out that I needed some magnesium and vitamin D and care of figured that out for me so easily. So if you need some help to figure these things out, this online quiz is a must. It's, you know, the vitamin aisle is so confusing. I actually had a client go in and was so overwhelmed by the vitamin aisle that she left completely without getting anything. So you answer easy questions like, how much sleep do you get? How often do you work out? Do you follow any special diets, etc.? And then you just follow their expert recommendations and you can adjust your pack at any time. So they send you an individual little pack for daily for you to take. So it makes it so, so easy. And it's really this wonderful quality. It's really focused on quality, science and research that, you know, that goes into their products. They have yummy protein powders made of real ingredients you can recognize, like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. And the individual eco-friendly packs are made of compostable films. And there's tons of info on how to compost them on Care Of's site. For very special offer for Mindful Mama podcast listeners, you can get 50% off off your first Care Of order. You go to takecareof.com and enter the code HUNTER50. So you, that's for 50% off of your first Care Of order. You go to takecareof.com and enter the code HUNTER50. I know that you're going to love this product and it so, makes it so easy and it makes it so that we finally can keep that resolution of making 2020 the year we prioritize ourselves and commit to staying on top of your health. That's 50% off your first care of order, which are very reasonably priced anyway, actually. So you go to takecareof.com and enter the code HUNTER50. And um, I, my husband and I just this last summer sat down and actually created a, what are all the jobs that have to be done in our home and in our family? Like at this age, like birthday party present purchasing or the kids going to a birthday party, who does that? Mm -hmm. You know, or his family's events, who buys those gifts? Or my family's events, who buys those gifts? All of it. And it, it seems like it would be this huge list and I honestly probably should create a template. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's, you'll come out with a, you know, a pretty large list of things that need to be, the cars, the garden, like all the different things, the house. And then you can go, okay, what do you want to do? Well, what do you want to do? And you really start to map it all out. Now, my husband works full time. I work from home. And then I have the kids um, starting at about 1.45, 2 p.m., the rest of the day. So in the morning is my time to work. And in the afternoon, I know I have that time I can fold clothes. I love teaching my girls to be a part of that process, or we can, you know, go play in the garden, whatever it is, but I don't have all day long to, to do household chores. And my husband knows this. 
So we had to sit down and say, okay, when you come home, what does it make sense for you to do? Maybe you take the kids and entertain them so then I can go get this done or vice versa. You know, like I finally play with the kids and relax and you take care of it. Um, for me, cooking is so calming. Meal planning, I like to do with him. And that was something that for the longest time, I would just be like, what do you want to eat? Well, what, what do you, you know, what, well, is there something in specific versus like, no, you're going to meal plan with me. Let's do this together. And when it's the, well, what do you feel like having, or where do you want to go on vacation? Instead of like, let's partner and discuss this together. It can become a little like when they go, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) you're not helping. (laughs) I'm at the same place I was before. Well, I like what you just said, like, let's partner and discuss this together. And, um, you know, and, and maybe even very much explicitly saying that, you know, when saying that when you say you decide or, or you take the reins on this, it explaining explicitly that that puts responsibility on your shoulders and that you're asking yeah. for contribution and asking for partnering with it. So I love the the using the word partner as a verb there to discuss this together. You know, you talked about listing out all the jobs. It's fascinating because that's what in mindful parenting, you know, is one of the, it came up recently um, talking about how to, a lot of what you're saying, talking about, we talk about win-win problem solving, kind of how to do that and how to kind of make explicit. And in my family, we did this just a, a few months ago where we wrote down all the things that we do in the house, mm-hmm. all the chores that happen. And actually we, we cut them out, <laughs> all the little pieces of paper. And then we made a big grid of like, you know, mommy and daddy and Maggie and Sora. And we said, okay, yeah. look, vis- visually, here are all the things that we are doing. What would you like to take on? Because we're doing sort of too much. And, and so I, I think having that conversation yeah. in a really explicit way. But but you what I'm also hearing you say is this is not a blameful way. Like you're not helping me enough. It's just like yeah. I am you maybe so how would you suggest we communicate if the listener is feeling overwhelmed um, and feeling like maybe they've fallen into doing all the work because they're staying home as the, the main caregiver and they haven't had this conversation. How do they, how can we initiate the conversation in a way that's not blameful in a way where our partner is going to listen to us and want to sit down with us and do this? Okay. What exactly do you need help and writing down the jobs and all those things. So how can right. we start that conversation in the first place? So this is a big premise of, of why I'm writing the book, making our home. I think you can sit down and say, honey, I really want to create this home to be ours. And, and so that means we got to start talking about like the traditions we do with our kids, uh, what's important to us and, and, and what goes on in our home, how we create it to be the home that we want. And I love when couples start with a mission statement. What is our family mission statement? And then from there, go, okay, so how do we create, like, let's say one of your, maybe one of parts of your mission statement is to be um, open and welcoming to, to friends or family or, you know, always there for people or whatever it might be. Then you probably want a home that is inviting to people and comfortable. And then that means kind of like keeping it clean and being able to allow that kind of, and so then who does that fall on? Okay, well, let's talk about what that means. Okay, keeping it clean and organized. And if your kids are of age, 100% get them involved on that. <laughs> but if they're, if they're babies, if they're younger, okay, so um, I'm home seven hours of the, the of working day in quotations, <laughs> and you're home two of it or something like that. Okay, so it makes sense that I'm going to do these things. So when you're home, will you take care of these things. And it's almost like, um, you could even Excel spreadsheet it with the times of day, you know, and almost like your own little calendar and go like, okay, that it, it makes sense because I have these many hours I am here in a week that I will do these, these particular jobs and you are here for these many hours. And so it's the same if you were working with, um, again, at, at a business and you, you were looking at the different jobs that need to be done and delegating who does what you would look at, like, what time do you have to do this? And what does that look like and stuff? It, it just makes sense to do it that way. And if you've got a part-time worker and you've got a full-time worker, you probably mm. wouldn't give the part-time worker 
like 90% of the project or it won't get done. Yeah. Or it won't get done fast. And so, or they'll burn out. So looking at it that way. But I think the biggest thing is that if you are the person who are home the most, which is typically the person who's going to initiate this conversation, let's be honest. Um, it's remembering that your desire isn't to point the finger and blame them and tell them they're not enough or they're not doing enough. It's to say, I want to create our home. And that's an hour. That's not me tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm already a mom to like these little beings and, and you don't desire for me to be your mom. And, and we want to like a healthy relationship. So nagging, bothering, you know, whining, complaint, all these things that you quote, hear me doing, you know, a lot of times our partners tend to tell like, you just always bug me about this. Hmm. You don't want me to do that anymore. And I don't want to either. So let's make our home. Mm. And, and that might take a couple weekends of mapping it all out. But at the end of it, you have, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is who's doing what. And at least at the end of it, you'll feel empowered to know why you're doing what you're doing and not just because it fell on your shoulders. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But it's interesting, Katie, because as I hear you talk about it and you speak about it so like calmly and methodically, and I'm picturing this like who the stay at home caregiver, you know, is probably uh, totally at loose ends because they are maybe taking all the things on. And they do want, you know, they don't want to blame and they do want it to be our home. They don't want to tell the partner what to do, but there's some, some dissatisfaction. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what, how can we skillfully express that dissatisfaction with the status yeah. quo or even, you know, if, if this, um, you know, the old habits come, come return and come back after maybe yeah. a, a nice kind of jumpstart too. So I right. Guess like a good week. And there, then, it's, right? yeah. yeah, yes. Which totally makes sense because many times we're conditioned in the homes that we grew up in of how mm-hmm. something looks. And then if we've kind of done it that way in our own current home for years, then it is hard to break the habit, isn't it? It's hard yeah. to think differently about it. So there it's the same as you would do in parenting. You'd have reminders, you know, bright color, sticky note, whatever it needs to be. We need that too, to change those habits. I think that's really important. Um, sticky but, notes are like the best habit changing. I have um, a tool whole new and- pack of bright ones right here. Cause I just <laughs> love them. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think the, the, the mom who's at her wits end, she's emotional. It's gotten so far that she just feels taken advantage of burnout, exhausted, and not seen or heard by her partner. Like, how would you let me get to this level kind of thing? There's two things I would suggest. One, when it's time to have the talk, have that piece of paper in front of you that like, let's write this out together because that keeps us logical Mm -hmm. um, versus the emotional, like, and then you didn't do this. And then why didn't you think of this? You just stepped over the choice to lay down on the couch. Why did you do that? Like we, we get into that spiral. Mm-hmm. So if we have a piece of paper that says like, Hey, at the end of the day, the toys are out and I'm still putting the kids to bed and you're laying on the couch. How about we change that up? And you know, we, so that we both have time at the end of the day to enjoy together. So while I'm putting the kids to bed, you're putting away the toys, then you can rest as much as you want after whatever it might be. Like it's a, like, let, what makes logical sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you've got to get all that emotion out that hurt. And honestly, if we lead with that, they're not going to listen. It's the same when we lead in parenting with like all that emotion. Mm-hmm. And then we want to talk them to death. <laughs> that They're gone. They're not listening. So when you come to your partner, it's writing that down. It took me sitting down and figuring out why do I feel this way mm-hmm. and understanding it's it was no one's fault. Often when we feel upset and burn out and frustrated, we point the finger. It's very we don't like human tendency. To yes. To Who did this to me? <laughs> they need to pay. <laughs> and to say, man, we are so conditioned this way. Oh, his mom used to do this or, his, you know, whatever, like you mm-hmm. like, but have that safe friend who isn't going to just, um, go on the complaining rant with you. Like, Oh, and yeah, mine does this, but to go, yeah, how are we can like talk about it in a way that has an end mm-hmm. and, and to go like, I don't want to be conditioned this way anymore. And I don't want him to be conditioned this way. So 
let's start to have our conversations, but you've got to get out the emotions some way, or it comes out naturally. And when we sit down and talk, um, for my husband and I over five years ago, I remember that conversation very vividly of me crying and being like this, I can't do this. And then even most recently we had another one where I was like, okay, I'm feeling again, like things are falling on my shoulders because his work was starting to get even more stressful. So naturally when you come home after a day at work, you want respite, relaxation. You don't want more work. Mm-hmm. But I had to remind him, you are a co-parent. This is our home. It cannot fall all on me just because you go through stressful times or you need to talk with me like, hey, the next week's going to be really bad. I may not be as aware. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just about that open communication because I have no problem picking up for my husband when he's struggling. And, and that needs to be vice versa too. And it, it is for us, but it took a lot of conversations of, you know how, like when you've had a really bad week and I'm like, honey, just go sit down. Do you want some tea? I'll like, you know, mm-hmm. I need that on my bad days too. Yeah. And, and let's recognize that raising children, like being, if you're a, a person yeah. being with multiple human beings under the age of four or five, um, for multiple hours of a day is crazy making. Totally. It's totally crazy making and loud and crazy. And you may not be able to do anything, but be with those human beings and keep them kind of safe and fed yes. and not, um, lose your mind. Right. Maybe just yes. losing your mind in there. And, and, that that is uh, a valuable um, job that is contributing enormously. Um, Ten years ago, I had a, two friends who, um, when when my kids were littler, I have two friends who were both engineers, mm-hmm. and, they, and the mom decided to stay home with the kids. And so she um, had a garden outside and took care of the house and did a lot of the cooking and all the, a lot of the things, right? Did a lot of the normal sort of like traditional gender roles. But what they did, which what I thought was really interesting being engineers that they are, is they sat down and calculated exactly how much it would cost to hire out for all the things that she was doing in the house. And they calculated that she was bringing in 10 years ago, at least $60,000 worth of income. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. With everything that she was doing. And so I think yes. that is so like, there's a piece of in here about that we have to kind of check ourselves about our our conditioning to undervalue the work of yeah. raising children and the work of taking care of a home because that is real work and you yes. the person who is doing that does deserve breaks and does deserve time away and does deserve you know uh, all the the things that the person working outside of the home needs as well Yes, completely. I totally agree. And and for those of us who went to university and got this degree and then we we choose or because of life situation we end up staying at home, you feel like you like you're just sitting on it. Like why did I spend all that money? Like what did I do this? I had a um I have a program from stay-at-home mom to chief household officer and one of the women in it um oh, 2 years ago now was from Pakistan. And she said, we have a saying in my country that basically when you become a stay-at-home mom and you went to universities, you burn your degree on the stove. And I was like, and I said, but isn't that how some families view women who decide to stay at home and not work? Mm. You know, like, well, why did you even get educated? Like there's this sort of judgment, like, you know, well, that business degree was for nothing. (laughs) And not an understanding of we go through seasons of our lives where one thing is a little more important than another. Mm -hmm. Or a mom who says, I do still want to use that degree and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And we can afford the childcare. And so more empowerment, but again, it's making our home. It's us deciding together versus it just being a, well, you know, that's how it should be. That's a, you know, and that's the importance of sitting down and budgeting together. Mm-hmm. And not pointing the finger and the blame of like you're spending too much or da da da. Like, what do we need to be saving? What? Do, where do we need to be paying off this, that, whatever? Mm. Hey, you're spending the most the the money on groceries mainly. How much are we spending on average? And what what makes sense? Instead of no, you should only spend this much. Like you work together on those things and really making your home. And part of that's budgeting. Part of that is is looking at how to run the home. Um, part of that is like what traditions you want to have in your home. 
All right. All right. Cool. So, so having these conversations and, you know, I can imagine for you, dear listener, you know, there's, you're thinking this sounds amazing. Um, and part of that conversation may be, you know, there may be that logical part of the conversation and there may be that emotional part. And we can also do that skillfully. You know, I, you know, using I statements, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling really overwhelmed. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling frustrated a lot. Uh, so can we yeah. have this conversation? I, I really want it to be us. I really want it, us to partner together. Um, I think that we have to have the space to acknowledge what is the emotional side of this and then, yeah. s- and then step back and say, okay, and let's, let's look at this logically. I love the idea of like, let's look at this as we are workers in the home and we have got, uh-huh. you know, there's a part-time worker and maybe there's a full-time worker. I think that's a great way to do that. And I also think it's funny, like, as you talk about this, this is a really wonderful motivation, inspiration to simplify and make it yeah. so we have sort of less stuff and le- not yes. so tight schedules. And, you know, because the more th- yeah. I, things we have more cars we have or homes we have or or toys you know it's all more care and maintenance um that we have to take care of it which is like labor so we have to right calculate that into right and and be allow for those emotions to happen and if you find that it gets to the point where it's just exploding and name calling um, clearly stop way before then mm-hmm. but if it gets to that level I think that is part of planting the seeds of change needs to happen. And when we start to get defensive and fight, it's because we, we have our own fears, fear of failure. I'm failing mm-hmm. my wife, I'm failing my husband, I'm failing my family. A fear of rejection, I might get left if I ask too much. I might get left if I don't do it well enough kind of thing. Um, that fear of shame or guilt, there's, there's something wrong with me that I don't see those messes that she's talking about. Um, and then that fear of punishment, those, those four big false beliefs that, you know, well, if I do something wrong, I, I should be punished for it. So I'm going to constantly try to make sure I'm not going to get punished. And when we let those fears fuel us, we get defensive because we're in self-protection mode. So if you find your partner immediately like, well, I did this and da, 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 you can just calm them and go, I'm, I'm not pointing a finger. I'm saying it's so easy for us to have fallen into this situation because of what we grew up with or because this is just the culture we grow up in. So let's make it ours instead of feeling like we're both bitter at each other. I'm so tired of that because usually both partners are tired of the bitterness and they're tired of the, you know, stonewalling or the cold shoulder or whatever it might be, or the passive aggressive comments. They want to have a healthy relationship. I haven't had a couple come to me and go, I'm actually okay with when she calls me that name or, you know, rolls her eyes at me, or I'm okay when he like ignores me and looks at his phone. No, man, I don't think people really desire to have that happen. So Mm -hmm. having, don't run from difficult conversations. We need to be having those and they plant the seeds to healthier ones each time. And I love what you said about the I statement and it's, I feel about whatever that thing is, but I need that, mm-hmm. that solidifies that statement of I feel, because if I came to you, Hunter was like, I just feel so overwhelmed about like all the things on, on my list to do. You know, if we were super good friends, you'd be like, oh, what can I do to help? But if I said, I need mm-hmm. 15 minutes of quiet so I can plan this week. Can you watch the kids? Mm-hmm bam, you know what to do. There's no like, oh, I can, you know, how can I help? Or let me just talk you through these emotions. If we lead with our emotions, that's fine, but tell them what you need and vice versa. I feel so overwhelmed about being told I need to help out more. I need to know specifically what you need me to do. You know, like, like what is it you need? I'll do it. I need to hear specifics, not general and I, what I tend to tell people is it's very much like a little kid going into a room that they've just really messed up and you say, go clean your room. Mm. And it's such an overwhelming project. Mm-hmm. I need more help. Mm. What, where, what, where do I start? What do you, uh, <laughs> I yeah. need you to clean up the kitchen while I handle the kids who are throwing tantrums right now. Or I need you to handle the kids throwing the tantrum. 
and I'm going to go clean the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like that is a part of self-awareness, which is great with the work that you do with your coaching to help people to be more self-aware what it, what's going on inside Mm -hmm. beyond just, I feel, but then how do we create action that helps? Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. These specific needs. So, um, I'm Margaret and I'm Amy and together we host the podcast. What fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a, where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a, where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So say the... um say that we, you, the listener is listening and you've, you've been in this pattern for a long time where maybe you've fallen into those gendered roles and you, at first, maybe you're really gung ho about it. You're going to be super mom and do all the things. And now you've got a seven-year-old and you feel like you want things to change. Yeah. Um, have you uh, worked with clients kind of going through that transition and how do you advise people to, to, start these kind of conversations when there's been a long pattern for many years. Yes. Yes. So what I typically do is have the couple sit down and and again, I have um, the wife map out what it is that she knows needs to change, whether Mm -hmm. it be for her own confidence building, like what what it is that's, I just feel like I've not moved forward in my life because I've just been about the seven-year-old or whatever it might be. I need, go back to the, I need, Mm -hmm. what do you need? And to sit down and go, the last seven years have been um, challenging and beautiful, like label what the seven years have been. And I've noticed that we've fallen into some patterns that I'd like to change. And I want to share with you what they are so we can decide together what that will look like. Because here's the thing. Typically what happens is the other partner sometimes has a better deal. Like, mm. yes, they're having to work full time. Yes, that's exhausting. Like there's, I, yeah. I remember this completely exhausting. It has its own stresses. You're dealing with people and their issues. And um, and then you come home and you want to relax. So to have someone say, you know, you've been relaxing when you come home after work for the last seven years. I'm going to need that to change. Yeah, I'm not going to That be doesn't so happen after one conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen after one conversation. So that's, that's going to be a series of conversations of saying, and you might even, especially like, we'll use the seven-year-old. It's a great example. Our kid's seven. Can you believe that? Okay. So some things can change in our home. And I think it's time for us to sort of talk about what that would look like. And, um, and don't lead with a, you've had it easy. Well, you haven't really had to do anything anyways. I mean, we really like to throw in those like passive aggressive jabs. <laughs> you, know? you just kick up your feet anyway. Like, um, but to just say, again, lead with the action of movement and progress forward. Um, so now that our kid's seven, I would like to start doing this more. And I, uh, to me, this is what makes sense, but I, let's talk about it. What makes sense? You know, you're coming home from work. 
um, what are, I wouldn't lead with what do you want to do as much as like what tasks on this list of things? Cause I won't be able to do those mm. by doing this other thing, volunteering mm. or going back to work or whatever. What of these can you do? What is our seven-year-old like we talked about chores was seven-year-old able to do. And then it, it, they'll be thrown off and they'll probably get defensive. Cause again, when you've been able to relax, why would you want to change that? But more than likely, if they've really been paying attention, they've already seen that their wife wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. They just don't really want to ask always because they're not quite sure what they're going to get. Is it? Don't, don't want to stir the Is pot. It, yeah. Like, why would you like, if she's not telling me, then I don't have to. Um, I think we all like that homeostasis. We all like that balance. So whenever we have to throw it off, it's uncomfortable, but it, that's what helps us grow. So I think it's just being mindful of when you're further along, it's going to be several conversations, but if you really do frame it as, um, and I just keep coming back to, cause many of the women I work with here, they're like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. Hmm. I'm ready to do this volunteer thing that will take me away from the home for hours that there's, there's a, uh, you know, a, Hey, I would like this now for me. And I think it would, you know, one that makes sense, but I would like this for me. Um, and so some of these things will have to change and I'd rather us decide together than me tell you what you're doing. That sounds, that sounds great. And I love the way that you are framing it, Katie, because it's not, and it's not about asking permission and, and sometimes right. I think as, especially as women or as the stay at home, um, parent or caregiver, we, there's this perception and this habit energy and this, this conditioning yeah. that we are asking permission to do things from the one who is bringing in more money. And right. that is a mindset that I invite you to, dear listener, to examine. If you have that mindset, are you saying, can I do this thing to your partner? And your partner is not your parent. You, you don't have to ask your partner permission, but right. it's not about, it's not about saying in your face, I'm going to do this thing. It's about this middle path of what Katie's describing as how to talk to your partner. This is, I, the things are, things need to change. I've been feeling this. I, I'd like to go do this. And right. these are the things that we'll need to, we'll need to figure out how to take care of when I go do this thing. Yes. Yeah. And this, you see the same pattern with money mindset issues of that, like, well, I'm not really bringing any money. So I feel really guilty for like spending it on things for me, but is your partner putting you in that box or have you put it because you feel guilt? And that goes back to that guilt and shame that we start to feel because we're conditioned. If you're bringing home the money, then you get to make that choice. But it is so empowering when you sit down with your partner and look at a budget together and say, okay, and what's going to be your spending money? What's going to be my spending money? What needs to be saved? What, and talking about it together, not having one dictate how that will go. But Mm -hmm. you have to feel solid in your mindset that you're making, you're bringing in 60,000 a year because (laughs) in, in quotation marks, because of the work you're actually doing. And so it is our money mm-hmm. and that mindset, sometimes men struggle with as well. Mm. And that can come from, um, I mean, I, here culturally you see it where the mother-in-law is like, well, you're not earning anything. So it's not your money. And so you'll mm-hmm. get weird, unhealthy dynamics. Um, but you really have to like talk with your partner to see what, what did they actually believe? Is it our money or do you believe it's yours? Cause you're earning it. And, and so those can be challenging conversations that I would say, talk with a coach, talk with a counselor because they can get very heated, very mm-hmm. emotional money tends to really, you know, it creates power, doesn't it? In a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that in our home. This is awesome, Katie. So conversations to have, um, Sounds like some of them include there's there's certainly the money conversation. There's the you talked about the management. What what are these? So I just want yeah. to give the listener a little yes. bit of a little checklist, like and, and yeah, for myself totally. too. Like what are the convert these important conversations that we want to make sure we're having? Yes. So as chief household officers, you need to be sitting down and looking at what is all the job description. What are all the mm-hmm. things that are expected and needed? Mm-hmm. 
And then again, we kind of look at who's full-time, who's part-time, who can do what, da, 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 da. what makes sense. And then you're working together on that. Um, and from there, we can also talk about budgeting. You might find that outsourcing some of these things is actually cheaper when it comes to time, energy, driving around to get the things. Um, I had a friend, it was amazing. She, she's very good with money. She found that she could um, outsource her laundry to a service nearby where they come and pick it up. You put it out uh, on the, the step of your house. They pick it up. They do it. They bring it back. And it saved her money because the water, um, the electricity, the soap that was being used because it was a family of four and two very active sports kids. <laughs> and um, what oh, she said, and then the time and energy away from her kids to be folding and all this stuff, that it, it actually was cheaper to hire this company to do it in faster because they weren't letting the pile stay there for the whole week of clothes. They were folding it and getting it back within 24, 48 hours. So, but she, she said like, honey, we're going to try this for a month and let's hmm. just see if it makes sense and, and did the math and really looked at the changes and stuff. And they're really tight with their budget. They're really careful on those things, but she was like, something's got to give. Cause she's a working parent. He was full-time working parent. And it's like, how do we, I'm folding laundry all day Saturday. Yeah. This yeah. is ridiculous. These conversations need to be ha happen. You know, it was interesting. Like when my, well, I remember one year my husband got, you know, he works, uh, his worked the same job for a long time and he got a raise one year. And it was this like 3% raise. And it's like, okay, this gives us this much money a month. Yeah. How can we use this money to best to, affect our happiness. And we realized yeah. that we could, the way to use that money to that he realized he did the calculation and said, we should be hiring babysitter with this money because that is what is going to make us happiest is to put some attention and energy into our relationship going yeah. out and having time away from our kids. Yes. yes. And it was like, hallelujah. Thank you. You know, yes. and we just looked at that and said, okay, I, I think we need to sometimes in our culture, we have this idea that we just keep chugging along and we work hard. And if we're not suffering, we're, we're bad right. people. We're not good. Like, you're not as virtuous for some reason. Right. But yeah, we're allowed to have pleasure in our lives. It's good and healthy for us to have pleasure and happiness in our yeah. lives. And we can look at that with our budgeting, how, what will give us pleasure and, and more peace and, and happiness in our lives. All right. Awesome. Totally. So money, job descriptions, who's full-time, who's part-time, anything we miss? Um, I love the idea of becoming sort of a consultant for your home for like a week. <laughs> How are you using your time? How's your partner using the time? How can it be better used? I like to think of there are certain times a day where it's better to have input and output. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds funny, but there's better times to be sitting down and doing the bills or taking care, you know, paperwork. Versus the time where you've got more energy to be doing the like cleaning the house, doing the laundry. And if you've got a sleeping child, then you kind of probably already figured this out. That's not as much as you're like, yes, I can get up and like they're asleep and I can start cleaning. If it's noisy, that might wake them up. So that's actually a great time to be doing more of the input, mm -hmm. uh, researching healthier meals for the family, whatever it might be, meal planning, planning our week, vacations coming up. I need to go ahead and have my, my plan laid out. Mm -hmm. And then when the kid is awake, depending on your kids, because I know we're all, we've all have different kids, but maybe baby wearing while you clean or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but you kind of have to be the consultant of your home to be able to look at it from a, a outsider's perspective. Like if I was coming in here, what would I have them do differently so that they were able to be more um, effective with their time and productive mm -hmm. and you know, and that helps you see it in your actual situation. Cause if I came in and just like, Oh, you should do this, 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 and this, you might be like, well, that doesn't, it's not realistic to my family. Like it's not one size fits all. So as your own consultant, you can go, actually, I have that 30 minute block. I hadn't really thought about using it to go do yoga mm -hmm. yeah. or I hadn't really thought about it. Like I end up taking that phone call from that friend who likes to call almost every day and complain about XYZ. <laughs> and then I just feel awful afterwards. Maybe I don't answer that call and take, save that 15, 20, maybe an hour <laughs> of um, doing something else. When you become a consultant of your own time mm -hmm. and your home's time, you start to see things differently. So I, I would say that's a bonus tip of just like be your own consultant 
and say how you might shift again as a business. How, how would you shift things? How would you change things? Who, whose strength is better in this area? And maybe if you shift that work. And do this with with your partner. Don't go do this totally alone. Go do right. Don't go be like you. You need to do it this way. Like (laughs) work together, teamwork. This is this is so beautiful. I hope that this conversation is sparking some ideas for the listener. I hope that you're saying, um, I want my partner to be listening to this too. We need to talk about some of these things. And I encourage you, dear listener, to have some of these conversations. We have this one amazing, precious life. We don't have to go through our life frustrated and overwhelmed. There's, it's, it's figure outable. Everything is figure outable. We can, we can take, look at this frustration. We can start to make changes. And Katie, I think what you've offered today, as far as ways, really concrete, practical ways to start these conversations, to make these changes, um, is going to be really, really valuable. So uh, thank you so, so very much oh, thank for, you. for coming on and doing what you're doing and, uh, sh- and, and uh, helping couples in this way. Um, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Yeah, I think the, the best way is Facebook or Instagram, the Chief Household Officer Club. Okay. And you can find, they give lots of tips on productivity and time management, balancing it all. All right. So there you go. That That is certainly not my forte. So go to Katie. <laughs> find out those tips. That'll be great. Um, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been wonderful to connect. And, and I uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Hunter. I love how this was a very practical episode, don't you? I hope that this will be something you'll share with your friends because I think that this is what we need, right? We need to know how to have these conversations, how to take these steps. And uh, and this is actually something we're going to be working on in my live training on March 24th the Unmartyr Yourself training. So that's totally free to sign up. You can go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. That's U-N-M-A-R-T-Y-R. And this is an incredible training to help you walk step-by-step through some of those pieces. And we're going to talk even more about how to talk to our partners as well. So I have some some uh, steps for you there. So I hope you'll join us. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. And while I'm on the things that are happening, I want to remind you that you there are still spots in the spring retreat. It is so powerful to have an in-person event. <clears throat> you know, it, it's so, I feel so lucky and so blessed to be able to connect with you via this podcast and to, you know, have this place in your life. I think that to be in your ears, it's really an honor and a privilege and But to come into a space in person with other moms who are going through the same things we're going through and to really connect, to also give ourselves this day of rest, a day of perspective. And we're also going to be talking about communication skills and mindfulness skills. We're going to be doing some gentle yoga and getting a nice little lunch delivered. So I hope you'll join join me as soon as you get there. You, all your needs are taken care of. Uh, and it's in Philadelphia, March 21st. It's the Mindful Mama Spring Retreat. That's at mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. Uh, so I hope you will come. I hope you can make it. And uh, if you really are wanting to make it and you're having trouble coming, reach out to me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com and I'll try to make it easier for you. We have some limited scholarships available. And if you want to offer a scholarship, you want to offer some, um, some you want to you can't make it, but maybe you want another mom to make it. You can also reach out to me and offer a scholarship for a mom who can't make it to, uh, because of financial reasons, help that person make it. So this is a community where we're helping each other. So don't feel like you can't come because of financial reasons. So I know that it takes a lot sometimes to get even out of the house. So we want to make it as easy as possible. So I hope you'll come at mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. And listen, you are still here listening to my voice. And that means, I mean, I am so honored to about that. I really know that parenting is so 
hard, mothering, fathering, <laughs> everything in between. It, it brings up so much for us. It's such a deep, intense spiritual journey. Really just this, we know that these relationships, right? Like this relationship with our children, this relationship with our partner, if we have one, these relationships are some of the things that give us the most joy in this life that we have here on earth. So, you know, we're, we're here briefly, it feels like to me now that I'm 42 and now that my daughter's 13 and my other daughter's 10, I feel like I'm kind of having a little like, oh my God moment and seeing this is just so brief. Uh, you know, I'm turning into one of those grandmas who are like, enjoy every minute. Don't, I'm not saying that because I know how annoying that is. But what I'm saying is I know that this is such an intensive experience. It's so intense when we really become present. It's so intense and it can be so hard. And I want you to know that the, the, the intensity and the challenge that it, you feel is carving space, more space for you to love and more space for your compassion for others. And I, I know that this is hard, and I just want to say that I, I see you and I hear you. I, I know that, that this is intense, and I, I'm with you. I'm here. I'm breathing the same air. I'm with you. And this experience, you know, that we share of parenting, it is a connector. And I invite you to remember that you're not alone, to remember that um, you can begin anew in the next breath. So let's take a breath together. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I'm wishing you peace this week. I'm wishing you relaxation and slowing down and joy and all those wonderful things. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. Namaste. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.